I'm likely not going to give space for what my partner is presenting to me if I really don't ever give space to anything that's presented to me on on my own personal life. So if I'm presented with an emotion or a challenge or a struggle and I don't give any space for it, I just quick fix it and move on, then again, I won't be able to do that for my partner. And so what it asks of me is that in order for me to give something to somebody else, I have to be giving it to myself. going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the modern mask Unity podcast i'm your co-host ck aka coach kyle what's going on my people it's your boy anwar ahmed aka a square and today we want to talk about something that is socially being spoken to us as something really easy in regards to relationing with other people and it's this idea of holding space you know just hold space just don't fix things just hold space and as men this is a hard thing to do this thing it's also like what does that even mean what does holding space even mean to us and it's something that's being asked of us a lot so now in the masculinity space it's time to talk about it so we're going to dissect that and unpack that for you today but before we do that you know what time it is it's always mood <laughs> yo yo yo, Coach yo Kyle, yo! What's shaking, bacon? You're going first today. What's do, your mood what like? Do, what it do? First things first. It's turkey bacon to you. Um, it's turkey bacon. And, uh, yeah, man. Come on, man. No pork on my fork. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. All right. What's shaking Come turkey on, bacon? Always, this guy's this guy's always throwing what's shaking bacon in my face. Um, <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, I feel like the stereotypical, you know, the 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 good okay answer today, which is, mm. is going to be hard to navigate through because that's just, and I, you know what, as I sit in that and I try to think about why am I trying to just like dismiss it and say like, yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. And try to, I think it's just because like, I think I'm, I think when I'm giving a mood check, if it's not either really positive or really negative, it's just okay. You know, I think that's why I get caught in this idea of like, yeah, it's good. You know, I had a meeting earlier this morning too, about um, some of my fitness goals with my, with my trainer. And I just didn't have any updates for him. You know, like I didn't have, and he was like, so how's it been going? And I just kind of felt like, that's good. You know, <laughs> nothing moved kind of forward, nothing moved kind of backwards. And I think that that's a true, honest answer sometimes. Like, mm. I think that that actually genuinely is an honest answer. And so I know we're really forceful here sometimes to be like, go deeper, go deeper. But I think what we dismiss is sometimes that like that is genuinely the answer, you know, because as a person who's willing to say how I feel, you know, or willing to go into a mood check deeper, if I feel something deeper, I can honestly say right now that that just feels like my answer. Like Mm -hmm. there isn't anything deeper there. Um, It just kind of feels good. Like it just kind of feels um like i'm in the i'm in the thick of things and there's nothing overly great to report there's nothing overly sad to report it just kind of just kind of good mm. i just kind of feel okay which maybe isn't a bad feeling you know it's better than that's, feeling a lot of negative emotions i guess yeah that's well said and i think that it's just 
Well, what I think I heard out of that was, can it just be okay that I'm just okay? Can we just leave it there? Is that okay sometimes? I like that narrative. You're right. We do go deep. We do push to make it something more because it usually is. But we also forget that sometimes it's actually not. I really like that. Well mm-hmm. said. What about you, my man? How you feeling? Uh, Muchek, Muchek, Muchek. This current moment, I feel many different things. I feel uh, irritated. I do notice some irritation uh, coming into this conversation. Partner and I got into a bit of an argument, a uh, disagreement, so I can feel the irritation coming from that still and just trying to settle that out to have this conversation. I feel vulnerable. I feel the the weight of vulnerability. I was recording a video today for the men's group that I joined and it just, I could feel like my body almost responding to the very open and honest share about some of my past experiences around actually emotions. Uh, so that was uh, jolting a bit. And I think that's actually one of the reasons why the partner and I got into an argument and had that disagreement just based off of how I walked into the space. I was already a little, a little agitated internally by the share that I uh, expressed. So influenced the way that I was interpreting her behavior. <sighs> And at the same time, I feel glad to be back in this space and having a conversation. I feel excited to be in this and just kind of have an open, honest conversation around it. I can sense some discomfort as well around it, uh, just having an awareness conversation. I love being a teacher. I love sharing tools and tips and tricks and ways about going about things. I love that. So just to have a conversation around the challenges of something, uh, I can sense some discomfort in my body around uh, basically fearing that other people, the listener, you, the listener would think that I don't have this figured out, you know, the classic guy mentality. If I'm, if I just share the challenges of it, then that might, you might interpret that as I don't have it figured out, which isn't necessarily true. It's just something that's coming up. So many different kind of left and rights here, uh, ups and downs in the current experience. And it's, uh, all an and both. It's not a, but conversation. It's an and both. So that's my mood check for today. Extensive. <laughs> Some pockets in there for sure. Of multiple conversations could be had. But uh, keep it on track today. Well, like we said, we're having this conversation about holding space. So I remember having this conversation with a client of mine recently, and I said. I offered him this experience, this idea of holding space and the look of bewilderment on his face. Just like, what does that mean? I've never even heard that phrase before. And the reason we're bringing it up, if you haven't heard about it before, is because it's a big conversation that's being had on social media. It's kind of like the the hallmark of just be vulnerable. Right now, it's very much men just, just need to hold space, just hold space for us, just be someone who just hold space and it's a it's a it's a really big conversation which is why we want to start it today we want to get into the nitty-gritty of why uh, this is being a conversation right now but also what comes with it right the idea of just being vulnerable a lot comes with that it's not just be vulnerable just talk more it's so much more than that and what gets in our way of just being vulnerable and just holding space what 
is involved in that conversation that's being missed on social media, that's being missed in the world, that isn't being invited in. Because we, we have an experience as men that makes it challenging to walk ourselves into being vulnerable and just talking and just holding space. There's a lot underneath that we want to just we want to speak to you today first and foremost but also give you some insight into our own personal stories and experiences as men around why holding space is difficult for us because it has been we're definitely no experts at it whatsoever so this is just a uh, an awareness piece today and we want to bring this if you haven't heard about it we want to bring this to the forefront of your mind because it will help you as you process more about what it means but at the same time um, just let's just talk about it and let's just have a conversation about it. So the first kind of thing that comes to mind in regards to holding space is, I said it earlier, social media is pumping this again. They're pumping it similar to the just be vulnerable conversation. Uh, so in your experience, how do you or how have you interpreted this concept of holding space in relation to the challenges that we already discussed around just be vulnerable? easier said than done i mean that's that's why i think we're having this conversation and you know we hope to in next you know future episodes as well continue to kind of share and offer new ways of tapping into vulnerability and tapping into being able to hold space right if vulnerability is kind of the gateway of let's say being able to express yourself to someone else right ideally hopefully that person is holding space for you right if you're Mm. in a vulnerable state and you're sharing the, re- the reason why it's so hard to be vulnerable is a lot of us don't feel like we have a safe space to speak, right? So they kind of play off of each other, right? Being vulnerable involves the listener to create an environment that allows me to feel safe in that share or whatever the case may be. Now, the opposite side of that is being able to create that environment for someone else to share to you, right? So, and I think that the the common narrative out there is that like we just kind of say it as if it's like the Band-Aid solution to everything, just be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Cool, noted, done well. Yes, that's that, that that can work, but there's a lot of work to that, right? No one ever just looks at a, a video of somebody on social media doing some crazy gymnastic backflip and goes, yeah, that's the answer to all your problems, and here are no steps in how to do a backflip. <laughs> you know, it's like we don't just wake up and just can able, are able to just do some of these things, you know? Um, and holding space is one of those ones that I, I, I've really recently have realized just through trial and error myself of like, you know, being in difficult conversations and wanting to find success in a conversation and trying to hold space and trying to understand that this person is going through a hard time and their, their, their share is a little bit heavy and being able to like burden that weight and being able to actually do something with it. You know, because a lot of the times you're being tested with someone's vulnerability, right? When they have a share, what you do with that information or how you navigate that information is going to lead you to either more shares if you do it in a, in, in, a, in a great way. You know, if you hold that space for someone and they feel seen, heard, they feel like the environment that you created was safe, it might lead to them sharing more. Mm-hmm. But it could also lead to them shutting completely down, which is more of a telltale sign of the environment that you've created in terms of mm-hmm. how you hold that space for someone Right. And so it's really not a show up and you're able to do it type of thing. You can't just tomorrow be like, I'm going to hold space and then go into one of those conversations because there is a lot of ways you can fail at that. And I just don't think that the conversation (laughs) right now, the way I see it in social media, um, whether you're emotionally in tuned or not, 
I think that there's a lot, a lot, a lot to be said about the challenges and the difficulty of actually executing that, especially mm-hmm. at a high level. Like you can have the desire, but the execution is way harder than social media is making it out to be or society is making it out to be. Which is the same way that vulnerability entered the scene too. You know, one of the reasons why we dissected it more intense is that uh, they, there was this idea that you could just be vulnerable and it's easy. And it's like this, there was so much expectation that came with that experience. There was so much pressure placed on us to just be vulnerable, just to, why can't you just talk more? Like we were berated and we still are being berated in many ways for not being vulnerable enough, right? You're vulnerable, but now you're not vulnerable enough. And you know, this continuum of topics that are being thrown at us right now is, is it's pretty vast. It's a, it's a vast ocean of topics right now. And the holding space one is just one of many drops. But I think that, I rem- I do remember hearing this narrative a long time ago and I liked it. And I think that I thought I was already doing it in many ways. Um, and then I remember having conversations like you just kind of spoke to where it wasn't necessarily going the way that I hoped it would go because I wasn't actually holding space. I still would, I would maybe not speak, but then I would provide solution, right? <laughs> I would provide an idea. I would, have you tried this? Have you thought about that? And what I didn't realize was those questions were not holding space. Uh, They were still in this other idea of trying to fix it as we do. And so I didn't I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to me. There was no guideline. There was no tool, no helpful tip or trick to really move through the process because just like being vulnerable, there's so much inner work and there's so much like inner reflection that needs to be done to get anywhere near being able to do that. And just like being vulnerable, being vulnerable is not just talk. It's can can you do you even feel safe inside of your body being able to do so? Like you can't do something if you don't feel like it's valuable to you or that it's safe to you or that it makes sense to you. You can't just take that on and say, yeah, that's just what I'm going to do now. I'm just going to go out there and just be vulnerable. I'm just going to go out there and just start holding space. It's not a light switch. The body doesn't let that happen. And you know, I've lived so many experiences of that. And I still do. I still do. Like even being in my position as a relationship coach, trying to help men, other men do this. It's tumultuous in my own space to try to do it because my knee jerk response is uh, to prov- to support, to support. I had this thought the other day too, that um, when I'm not holding space, it's because part of me really just wants my partner to be happy. Like I really want them to be happy. So when they're not, then I, it is almost like a panic button inside that goes off of like, oh shit, oh shit, oh no, oh no, oh no. So it's not like fight or flight worthy, but it's still like uncomfortable. So then I'm like, okay, how do I, I wonder what I could do to make this kind of be better for them, right? Like I'm not trying to necessarily, I don't feel like I'm trying to fix it for myself. I'm trying to fix it for them. So if I fix it, they'd be happy and then perfect. Like my partner's happy. Like, isn't that, isn't that the goal for them, for them to be happy? Mm. And unfortunately that's, it feels confusing that that's not actually what I'm supposed to be doing in that moment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, I resonate a lot with that because that's, especially when I think about like my family, Right. And I think about holding space for family members and things like that. It's 
you know, you just you hate to see people that you care about that much just in a negative space, you know, yeah. or upset or mad or whatever the case may be. And your whole goal, the reason why you show up with such a fix it mentality is that that is what it's rooted in. You want them to be happy, not because you want to be the person, at least for me, I've never I don't want the praise of being the person that fixed your problem. I don't actually care about that as much as I care about you being happy. And I think that there's a big difference there. Right. I think that sometimes people want to be the person who solved the problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want my solution to be the thing that fixed the thing for you. Mm -hmm. So it's like and that's a little bit egotistical. That's a little bit more, you know, I can fix everything. I can fix this as well. You know, mm-hmm. so sometimes that shows up in holding space where it's like I solved mm-hmm. all these problems, right? I look, look, look at yeah. all this, look at all this work. I'm I'm solving crazy problems at work that are way bigger than this small little task that you're struggling with. So like, just do this, 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 and this. And I'm I'm giving you that advice on the backbone of like, this is this is a non-issue for me. This I feel it could be easily fixed because mm-hmm. I've solved bigger problems than this, right? <laughs> yeah. And so this solution is gonna work. And stop complaining to me if you're not going to execute any of these solutions. That is like the 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 really bad version of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not only are you trying to fix it, but you're trying to fix it so that it's off your plate, like as like a complaint to you, right? Because right. if you're living with somebody or you're in a relation with somebody or this is your family member or this is your mm-hmm. close friend, for you, this this is a problem because it keeps coming back to you, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't move forward into this space of where you want to get to selfishly because this person is struggling with this task that you've given multiple solutions for and mm-hmm. in your mind you're saying if you execute any of these solutions i've provided we collectively can move past this problem and that's where i think a lot of the unfortunately <laughs> a lot of the the drawback is is you're too caught up in who you are as an individual so as a male and your accomplishments. So if you've accomplished a lot of different things or you've solved a lot of problems, you, the way you're perceiving this task, one, that's one of the original problems. You're making their big problem feel too small, mm-hmm. right? Because of what you've also solved, right? So if you have crazy, let's say you have crazy work tasks and you are someone who is very solution-oriented and you've overcome you know, Mount Kilimanjaro, you've overcome so many things, and then somebody brings this to you insignificant problem in their life. The way you're showing up to solving that problem is first the telltale sign about why this is not going well. Because if you show up with very low energy or a dismissive energy or a, I, I don't understand why you're struggling with that, you know, or any kind of <laughs> yeah, that's anything that, that, that right makes there. the person feel. What do you mean? Like that's the known problem. It's like it's fine. I can only, I can hear it in my head. I, I say those things sometimes in my head. I don't say them out loud because the Lord, Lord, I don't know what would, what would happen. But the truth of it is that sometimes in my head, I say like, what's the problem? Like, what's the problem in my right. head? That's what I would say. What's the problem? And And you're not alone in that. I think there's a lot of men nodding right now being like, yeah, I do that quite a bit. Right. But that's like the gateway of like, this is going to be, this is not going to go well. The second mm-hmm. you start thinking like that about somebody's problems, it's not going to go well. And I'm, I'm, no, I'm no different, fellas. I am the exact same way. If it's a mountain I've already climbed, especially if it's something I've already done, then I, I'll show up empathetically. I was like, maybe you don't know the advice that I was given or heard or whatever. So let me just share this with you. And then after this, it should be all good. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I once had that problem. 
it's not significant to me now but i'm mm, empathetic enough it. to be like i'm not going to be rude about yeah yeah i'm not going to be rude about hearing the problem because i'm like oh i've been there so maybe mm-hmm. this is you know i don't really care about age or anything like that so if i've crossed that mountain at 18 and this person's coming to me with this problem at 25 i'm not like oh my god like you're dealing with this now i dealt with that a long time ago i'm more like oh this problem is now a problem for you it happened to be a problem for me back then mm-hmm. i don't care about age or when the problem comes to you i perceive it as like how i first had to deal with it like wow i was very overwhelmed when that was first like you know a real concept for me but the way i'm solving it is kind of like you're gonna get through this dude just these are the things that you need yeah you need things and you're good because <laughs> those are the things yeah. that work for me so you know what i mean and i'm so confident in that advice because i've actually done it i've successfully like accomplished mm-hmm. that task once upon a time you know and the way you offload the solution so maybe i'm doing and that's the advanced part for me like i don't struggle in the holding space of like saying things that make the person feel insecure about their problems i'm really good at being like having the humility and the emotion like oh this person is very overwhelmed by this task mm-hmm. i was once upon a time maybe overwhelmed by this task so i can empathize with like your current state about how you're f- perceiving it but when i offer solutions it's very much like a it's almost like how a doctor would prescribe medicine. Like it feels like you take these, you will be fine. And that's how mm-hmm. I deliver the message, which I've learned that in my delivery, it feels dismissive. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though I'm holding space for the emotion about how you're feeling about the problem. When I get to the solution part, which is another problem, even providing a solution sometimes is, <laughs> is, is yeah. can be considered disrespectful. But the way I deliver the solution almost feels like a, it almost feels like a it's a non-issue kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, it, and it's what I started and that's to why notice. This is difficult. Yeah, it's it's difficult because um, at least for me, what I've started to notice and I've been paying a little bit more attention to is um, that when I usually use my partner as a reference. So when my partner brings something up or has something to share, the regardless of what it is, for the most part, um, in my head. I've come to notice that I am responding to her and the current experience she's going through. She's upset or hurt by something. I'm responding to her the same way I respond to my own hurt and upset. So like how I would speak to myself is how I'm speaking to her because that's all I know. Right. So, um, and maybe I won't necessarily only think it sometimes cause then I go in and fix it. So anything that comes up in my space, like the only thing I know how to do is fix my experience. As a man, that's, that's really the only thing I know. Too, by the way, what? It's really powerful. I hope people hear that. A lot of times, well, how you how you deal with people is how you deal with yourself. Mm, Super potent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take it's, that with you. Yeah, <laughs> um, because it's the only way you know how to talk. And this is one of the challenges of just hold space or just be vulnerable. Is that the only way that I know how to talk is likely going to be the only way I know how to talk to you. So if you're having a problem, then I'm just going to speak to you probably in the same language, the way that I speak to myself internally, if I'm going through a similar struggle. So have you tried this? Why don't you just go and do this? Like, it's fine. It's not a problem. Those two, right? Those last two, it's fine. It's not a problem. I say that in my head all the time. Something comes up, something pisses me off. It's fine. It's not a problem. It's fine. Just forget about it. And that's how I would, that's how I would think to speak to her in that moment because it's just what I do all day is it's fine. It's not a problem. And uh, coming back to what I was saying is this is one of the missing links and just hold space. Like just listen. It's like 
I hear you. Like I get logically what you're saying. And in the application form, it doesn't, it doesn't land. It doesn't sink. It's not like oozing into the soil. It's staying on the surface. Like it's hard to comprehend to not do the only thing I have ever done and what I always do all day long. Right. So you're asking me to just to stop doing all of that and to think completely differently and fair ask. Let's just be clear. It's fair ask. And it's actually really freaking hard to do. You're asking me to be a completely different person in many ways, right? Like you're not asking me to just change like my approach. You're asking me to change how I approach the entire world around me. Mm -hmm. That's hard shit. That's, I think that you just in a, in a really brilliant way describe why it's so difficult, like why it's actually hard to do this stuff, right? Because if everything we talk about in the men's space is that we struggle to show love to ourselves, our self-care is low, um, we suppress emotions, we just try to tough it through, push through we're, we're, we're often just solution oriented and trying to just perceive every task to be like, no, I'm going to get over this. I'm going to get over this. I'm going to get through this. And then you tell that person, Hey, hold space for somebody. <laughs> Obviously this is not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally not going to go well. Cause every tool I've used up until this point to manage my own life and manage my own challenges is the complete opposite to what we're trying mm-hmm. to tell you to do when holding space for somebody, literally mm-hmm. the opposite. And it's worked. It's worked. Like it's gotten me far. I've had to feel the shit. I've gotten success. Like the approach has worked. Like yes, you can obviously bargain that I've dismissed a lot of feelings and I haven't actually been present a lot of the time, and that it maybe wasn't the most beneficial or helpful approach. But at the same time, it did what it was designed to do. It got me farther along. So in my head, when I'm presented with somebody else's, it's like, yeah, okay, just do that, and then you'll be farther along. It's no different, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not, none of that is to say like, I want to be dismissive of somebody else's feelings. It's just not even a thought. That's the hard part is it's not a thought that I should or shouldn't do this. I just, I'm just doing it, right? It's an unconscious behavior in so many, so many experiences. And it, another thing that like, you know, maybe this will help bridge the gap emotionally for men is like, you know, you've heard this idea of not leveraging motivation and leveraging discipline, right? Mm. In that example, to me, motivation is like the emotion, right? Only acting when you feel something, right? Discipline is like doing something regardless of how you feel, mm. right? And so a lot of the narrative in, 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 you know, when I see these workout videos or I see a lot of these motivational things on YouTube and all these kind of things, it's like, it's under the premise of not only being active when you feel motivated, or when you have an emotional driver, but just like even when you're when you don't have one pushing through anyways, right? And there is a lot of truth to that. It just it doesn't apply to other areas in your life sometimes, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't apply, right? This this idea of not having the emotional backing for why you're acting, you know, and being able to just go through it and push through. And, you know, just leverage discipline over motivation, right? Um, 
So there's a lot of truth to that. So I'm not, we're not sitting here saying, hey, guys, this whole entire narrative that we've been taught of, you know, who cares about your feelings, you know, push through or get through the mud or, you know, get through the next step. Like, we're not saying that that doesn't work because it does work, right? What, what I think the modern masculinity side of things here, like, you know, we use the word modern here. Like, what is the more advanced version of exp- seeing that is being able to see that emotion and choosing to not tap into it. Right. Because at least if you can see it, then, hey, if we can see it, then there's a little bit more of a you're choosing to not engage. Right. The, so the men's group that up, I'm in has a really good addition there. Emotions are indicators, not dictators. Kind of like gets you really into the idea. It's an indicator of something. It's not the dictator of your life. And I think that mm-hmm. sometimes we fear it's going to be the dictator of everything when it can just be like something that's being indicated. Just wanted to throw mm-hmm. that in there. I thought it was helpful. It's super helpful. And I think that like the more we get, like often there's times where like I've, I've, I've said this lots of times before, I've always been able to feel a lot of emotions. I might have not known what they were like due to like, you know, being young and just not understanding what that emotion is good for, what it's bad for. Um, but my first real like i guess emotional training session was just like oh my god i don't want to feel that push right oh my god i don't i don't think this is this feeling is going to be is what is it going to do for me being this nervous about something push it down what is it going to feel to be this angry about something push it down right that was my first reaction to you know like dealing with emotions was just push them down and not really like buy into them you know and then the more advanced version of me is like you know, being in an undifficult, being in an uncomfortable conversation and I can feel my body is uncomfortable, but I'm not leaving the conversation because of how I feel, you know, like I know I'm uncomfortable right now and I can feel that and I know that I'm uncomfortable and, you know, that could lead to me shutting down, right? And being like, mm, nah, I don't like that feeling, right? I'm uncomfortable. This is making me uncomfortable. Hey, you know what? I don't want to talk about this anymore. You know, shut down moment, run Right. But then the conversation kind of left in, let, gets left in to be continued. Right. Because we haven't, you felt an emotion, you shut down. Therefore, the conversation never advanced. And, you know, you felt an emotion of un- being uncomfortable. You felt it, you shut it down. Now that conversation gets put on pause until you want to revisit that conversation. Versus now I'm at the point in life where I'm like, I'm uncomfortable in this conversation. And now I'm choosing to push past that feeling of uncomfortable and going, I'm going to finish this conversation because what I want is on the other side of this conversation and on the other side of this feeling, right? And sometimes the language is what's missing for us, right? If we're going to continue to go down the like, why it's holding space and being vulnerable so difficult, these concepts are difficult because there's like, it's like a layering thing, right? One of my best friends always told me, he told me grade 12 math is going to be hard to you if you didn't pass grade 11 math. Right. And grade 12 math is going to be grade 11 math is going to be hard to be didn't pass grade 10 math. Right. There's building blocks that are needed in order to be successful at some of these things. Right. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, some of us don't have those right building blocks. So therefore, we're failing grade 12 math. Mm-hmm. But that has nothing to do with the assignment at grade 12. It's because you have to go back and pass grade 10 math in order for you to feel comfortable in this conversation. Right. And that means being able to understand that when I feel emotions, what do I do with them? Do I suppress them? Do I see them? Do I like, do I address them? You know, to your point, um, they're, they're indicators, right? Not dictators. You know, are you being dictated by your emotion? Is it a turtle and run type of situation or anger comes in and anger means for you 
it's a it's a dictator so it makes you like you know verbally abuse or physically abuse like it's not like you're not in control you're not seeing that emotion for what it is mm-hmm. you're not going oh i'm angry right now um that's an indicator i get to choose the next step i'm in control of what i do next with this right for me the uncomfortable part in the conversation often i say that right i'll 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 i'll, I'll address emotions by sometimes speaking it into existence i'll go I'm really uncomfortable right now. I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to try my best to navigate how I feel. And that person then understands, okay, the conversation, he's drowning in the conversation right now. And he's, he, by him saying that he's saying he's feeling like he wants a turtle, but he's, he's gonna choose to stay and navigate through. So let me dial it back for this person, right? Cause mm-hmm. if I keep pushing it, I'm going to drown them out and they're going to go the other way and they're going to turtle and they're going to run. So mm-hmm. by me saying I'm scared, usually the person who's holding space, that response should be slow down. I'm willing to stay here, but don't, mm-hmm. I'm already, I'm intimidated. So how you're speaking to me in this current moment, if this continues, it's going to make me turtle. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying I'm nervous. I'm uncomfortable. That should trigger the other person to slow down the tone, slow down maybe the amount of information you're throwing at me and backpedal a little bit. But I'm willing to stay. And there's a lot of growth in that that small nuance of I feel it. I'm maybe going to say it out loud and I'm going to like stick it through and hang in here. You know what I mean? I'm going to hang into the conversation because I want the solution. I want what's on the other side. A question that came to me because I can hear, um, at least from my perspective, like that's an, that's an advanced technique. Like, I know for me, when I initially felt like there was an experience where I felt angry and the reluctance I had to tell my partner out loud, like, Hey, I'm noticing I'm angry. Like there was, there was no, there was no safety. I felt like in my own body to be able to say something out loud like that. And I, I've really only said it honestly, maybe a few times in the entirety of my 30 years here on this planet. And it is, it's almost like there's a fear of expressing it and there's something that might come of me actually sharing it so you shared a a pretty advanced technique and i love it and i i think a question that comes to me is when you were sharing it um how did you even get to that part like what created that level of safety for you to be able to say it out loud like is it the specific space you're in or is it something um maybe the way that they're holding space for you or um what even created the motivation to think that that was what I should try and start doing? That's a good question. And I want to preface that, that I don't show that is like the highest version of me. That's like my highest self. That's like the the person that I try to be, but there's some emotions I'm not as comfortable sharing, right? Like you said, you use an anger one, you know, that mm-hmm. might be way harder for me to share than, um, I feel like you're judging me right now or I feel uncomfortable right now, right? These might be an easier emotion to share still advanced, but might be easier than I'm angry right now because ang- mm-hmm. you mentioning you're angry might lead to them being judging. Like that, that might lead to them. Now that might lead to them running from the conversation because you're angry. Right? right. So I definitely think that there's definitely some emotions that I'm more comfortable with sharing than others. Mm. Um, or I'm nervous to have this conversation with you right now. That's something I, I can comfortably say. Mm-hmm. Sharing that I'm nervous about this conversation right now because I feel like that's a low hanging fruit emotion, and me sharing that is almost pre- is almost prefacing like if 
this conversation goes not the way it's planned, I'm nervous and I might say something that like comes out a bit raw because I'm like, that's why I'm nervous. Like I don't have it all flushed out, you know? So maybe I'm hoping for a little bit of grace if I say that I'm nervous right now. Mm. So there's definitely some emotions I'm more, I lean into a little bit easier than others. And I think that by adding emotion into a conversation, it takes the facts out of it, right? If the other person that you're speaking to is highly emotional or understands emotional intelligence, I think that usually this is reversed. I feel like usually let's, let's make this like a conversation with your girlfriend. If she's more emotional and she's sharing the, I'm really uncomfortable right now, or you're making me feel uncomfortable right now, or, you know, I feel judged right now. And you're the person receiving this. I typically find that that is where my masculinity does me wrong. Mm. Cause I can't hold that. I'm not holding that space. Well, and it's like straight. Right? To I'm it. not, Oh my God. Like immediate dude. <laughs> like it's just, knee, it's so sad sometimes reactionary, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just like panic. The panic bells, they're firing off. Right. Or defensive. Yeah. Right. If you hear someone like you're judging me right now, that is immediately triggering my defense mechanism. And now I'm like, how, how am I, yeah. how do you feel judged right now? Right. Especially when this was a positive conversation. Right. So oftentimes I will get into sometimes a conversation and my solution sounds judgmental. Mm. And then now you're getting called what feels like a swear word to me. Right. Hey, you're judging me right now. You're being really judgmental because that's not a characteristic I align with. Like I'm mm. not a judgmental person. Right. So when someone is perceiving the advice that I'm giving them as judgmental, that just triggers. Now we're not even talking about this situation anymore. Now, I'm on, now you've sent me on a whole new path. You're, yeah. ju- you're, you're, you're testing my character now. Right. And all I wanted to do here was help. So how did we get to such a negative space? You had a problem. I held the space. I am usually really good at holding the emotional space. Like if someone is really sad about something, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I can understand like how you got there. I'm typically very, you know, empathetic with like really negative feeling emotions because I've been in such negative places in my own mind. So I can empathize with like not being where you want to be or something being traumatic or all of those things. But then the other side of me is like a super fixer like a super solution oriented. Like, so once I get past the emotional side of the conversation, like I'm, let's put it this way. I'm okay with someone crying in front of me and being like, maybe not the best at it, but I'm, I'm comfortable enough that I won't run from that conversation. If someone's mm. crying in front of me, I know some people wanted to just turn and run. Right. Even though I'm wildly uncomfortable, if someone cries in front of me, I don't want to run. I, I do want to help. Right. And I can usually get through some of the emotional side of things. And then I'm like super trying to fix it, you know? And I think that's why people like people think I'm like, I would call myself a half and half good at holding space. I'm really good at holding the creating the environment and making someone open up to me. But then the back half of it, I like fail. Mm-hmm. Like I take the bait every single time mm-hmm. you saying something about me giving you feedback or, you know, me providing, providing unsolicited advice or whatever the case may be. Um, so for me, it's the idea that, when I get into these solution oriented things, the perception of how I'm solving these problems can create a fight, literally can create a fight because then you, if you say anything like, uh, I feel like you're judging me right now, 
or you're making me feel uncomfortable or if any of these things come come up in the holding space environment i'm immediately defensive i'm immediately like how like what do you mean Mm -hmm. or that wasn't what i was trying to do and then now we're having a negative conversation you know just in general and i i can argue i can feel like a lot of guys can resonate with that with how did me comforting you lead to a fight And we're not connecting the wires. Like you're storming off. Say, let's picture a dude slamming the door, leaving the house. And he's like, all I'm trying to do is help this girl. I'm giving her advice. And somehow this is leading to a fight. I don't understand what's going on here. It's like that frustration, fellas. I resonate with that frustration. (laughs) It's super freaking annoying to be trying to be helping somebody. And then somehow it's leading to like endless fights. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's because of the difficulty of holding space. It's literally, <laughs> this shit ain't easy, man. This shit ain't easy. And it's triggering sometimes in a lot of ways. Um, it's because like a lot of times when something is being brought up to us, there's actually not a solution that is, is being wanted. Like there's, there's, they don't want it fixed. Um, they don't want it solution. They don't want it to be made anything more than just a conversation and where in our lives are are things just conversations as men, right? Like even when you just talk to guys, when you're around the guys and you're having a conversation and someone says something about their work challenge, you're like, Oh, have you tried that? Like you're, (laughs) we do it everywhere we go. And the narrative of we don't bring things up unless if they do need to be fixed really comes into play now. Right, that really starts to show up. So when we're kids, young little boys, when we bring something up, it's a problem, right? We're not allowed to to feel it. So it's like, don't cry, you know, don't be a pussy. Um, uh, You're fine. It's fine. It's really not a problem. Um, Here's a solution, right? Like we don't, we don't, we, we as young boys, I don't feel like I have a memory of of just someone holding space for my emotion or my experience. No, they were also trying to fix it. Because, well, it's just what I, what I know it to be true. So, again, we're just modeling and modeling and modeling. And then a conversation comes our way. To give you an example, I think I, I might have shared this once, but uh, my partner brought to me months ago. She said, hey, you know, I know we're about to have a busy weekend. So I want to make sure that we stay connected and that we focus on connection. And in my head, I heard, we're not connected. Why are we not connected? We need to figure out how we can get connected. Let's make a plan. <laughs> and so that's what that's that's the road I took. I said, let's make a plan. Let's get connected. What do we need to do? Wait, I don't understand though. Hold on, let me back up. Are we not connected right now? Like, is there something wrong? Is there a problem here? Oh, no, there's no problem. I just, you know, want to make sure we focus on connection. Yeah, okay, I hear you, but it feels like you're implying that we're not connected in this moment. Like that something is missing and I feel fine. Why do you not feel fine? No, I do feel fine. I'm just saying for this weekend. And I'm like, but I don't understand. It's not the week when there's, there's no problem. And so you just, you just want to talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to share that. Those are my thoughts. That's all. You just wanted to share your thought. <laughs> what? So then I have to move through waves of discomfort and also waves of frustration like this doesn't make any sense to me and to to finally get to the other side of like okay so that's it like we're just i agree we should also focus on connection i agree that's important so conversation's over 
yeah that's it that's all <laughs> and it's that notion like that in so many ways you the conversations are being brought up just simply to share a thought to share an experience just to inform you of something that's it and to hold that feels like a hundred pound dumbbell like it's toppling me over it's hard to carry in that moment because all i think is like there must be something wrong that's how i interpret things being brought up in that way there must be something wrong otherwise what's the point because that's exactly what we do as men we wait till the last second until it's such a problem that the only option left is to go to someone and say i am drowning that's obviously a problem that does need to be fixed in that moment right and so that's 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 the route that's the journey and i remember in that moment like that was one of i remember that story for the rest of my life because that was one of the pinnacle moments where it clicked for me and i still don't do it perfectly but it clicked for me of like okay all right holding space is just listening holding space is listening and then ensuring that I don't devalue or invalidate their experience because when I try to fix it, it makes it seem like I think what you're bringing up shouldn't be brought up or that shouldn't be talked about. So I am making you feel like you are crazy by trying to fix it. Okay, I understand. Now my intention, still my impact. I understand that. Mm. I can move through that. And I can work mm-hmm. on understanding that by me trying to fix it may have, like you're responding to in this moment, may have an impact on you. Even though it's not my intention in any way, shape, or form, it can still be understood that way. Oh, okay. You know, it's starting to unravel in that moment. Um and I've had many more since. <laughs> I still, I have many more experiences like that since where I'm like, damn it, there it is again. <laughs> I like what you said there. Not my intention, but my impact. That's a lot there. There's a lot there. Because oftentimes I think we're disconnected from that. You don't understand that mm-hmm. sometimes your intention doesn't come through, right? And you're so fixated because you're so deeply connected ha- with how you per- you thought that this was going to go, right? Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't yeah. go the way you thought it was going to go, which is your intention, and you're not clued into how it's being perceived or the impact that those words you're saying are having on the other person, if you're disconnected from that experience, well, then the fight is you explaining your intention and them explaining the impact and both sides not understanding each other, mm-hmm. right? Because even if you get out of the seat of like someone explaining how it went wrong and you go, okay, I understand what I intended and now I'm understanding how that landed. Mm. Okay, let's backtrack. Let me, let me, let me re-explain myself or let me re, reinsert my intention back into the conversation so that that landing is going to maybe have a, a better, better output closer to what my intention was. Mm. You know? But if you're arguing intention... And they're arguing how it landed. That's a fight. It's a, it's a that's a losing battle. That is that is a war lost if that's the way it maintains. Trust me, I know. <laughs> Something.
something came out to me when you were having that conversation with, I think even sometimes, like for me, I actually can't help it, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I am a solution-oriented dude. That's just that's just the nature of my business. That's like that's how I'm wired. So we're really asking a lot to be like, hey, all those ideas that are coming into your mind right now, don't say any of them. This you withhold all. This is, you got to hold all of those, right? And you got to continuously just kind of hold that space to kind of flush out the idea. Something I've been trying to work on and navigate to and be and recognize in 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 the solution. The speed in which you solve somebody's problems is also disrespectful, right? If someone explains a problem that they've had for a long time, it's crippling to them. And they finally find the vulnerability or the honesty to share with you. And you try to solve it in five seconds. That just is like, it's super dismissive. Like the ultimate worst. And (laughs) I've done it. I've absolutely done it. And it's just, it's the speed in which you solve that literally could cause a fight. And this is, the, I'm just, just fellas, I'm being raw with you guys right now. I have to learn this. I just have to learn this the hard way. Like, when did you think that I'm like, to me, the speed in solving the problem is like, we're closer to the solution, right? Like, oh my God, I had the answer to that. Hand up. Answer. <laughs> right. But, but that just literally dismisses the whole entire process of how long it took for this person to a, share that piece of information. It dismisses the fact that like, like you must be dumb for struggling with all this for that long and that can solve that in two seconds, right? Like what is, like you have to think about, this is where the intent and impact, I'm going to give you guys a literally a black and white example of this. Your intention is to help this person be happier, get through the mud, solve this problem. But the speed in which you answered or provided that feedback literally feels like do you think i'm a freaking idiot like you think i've been struggling all this time with this problem and you're just gonna like elon musk it just want just solution right off the hop first rip come on man like you know it just feels and you just think about it just think about that you think about you struggling with something for so long and then someone providing you a solution in like 30 seconds or less how the hell would you feel you feel like a dumbass Mm. for even struggling with that for so long Mm. right so for me I often, I'm conscious that like, I want to ask, I need to ask a question next. Mm. Somebody opens up to me. I don't know enough information about this, this problem yet. So instead of going solution, 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 it's like question, question, question. Let's get deeper, right? What is the best question I feel like I have on my heart after somebody gives me a big share, right? Because the question implies that, I'm not perceiving your problem as an easy solution. I know it's deeper. I know it's bigger for you. So let me flush it out of you, right? Question, question, question versus solution, 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 Mm. right? Because in order for me to even give a good solution, if I am going to give a solution is I need to ask you more questions about this. There's no way your first attempt at explaining this to me that I'm going to solve that problem. That would be like an idiot thing to think, right? Mm -hmm. But if I asked you three more questions, now I'm in a position where maybe I do better understand the situation and I might have a solution, but I might still hold it because I know the perception of just giving you a solution, right? Mm-hmm. But what that is doing is it's showing that I want to know more, that I'm curious, that I care about your problem, right? Questions often make people feel like you're curious and you want to know more, right? It's the same thing if you go on a date 
the more questions you ask, the more the person's going to feel like, oh, this person cares about me. Like they want to know more about me. They want to know my family. They want to know this, right? Where usually talking implies I don't care about you. Listen to me, mm-hmm. right? So I often like to flip that switch of like the more questions you ask, the more empathetic you're going to come across just, g- just generally, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're the one holding space, it should be like giving them the microphone as much and as often as possible, right? This is not Mm -hmm. about you. This is about them. Um, And then another thing that I sometimes do is even if I do have a really fast solution to their problem, um, I might hold off until like the next day or two days later and call them or shoot them a text being like, Hey, I've been thinking about our conversation and I don't know if you've done these things or if you've explored these options, but I just wanted to share some things that like that came up for me in thinking about our conversation after the fact here, 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 here. Right. And what that does is it allows them to feel like you took time with their problem. You didn't have a, a fix it now solution. Mm-hmm. And you've been thinking about the conversation after the conversation, right? Which implies that I held space during the time, and now we're outside of the holding space and I want to see maybe this environment develop for you. And mm-hmm. these are some areas in which I think maybe could move the needle, right? And leaving the holding space, separating the solution time and the holding space time because now if I felt heard and I felt like you held that space correctly, I've gained the trust and the respect that you held my emotions in, in the right light. And now you're offering me solutions with that in mind. I'm perceiving it as like you held space for me. Well, I, I, I trust you. I respect you. And now two days later, you coming back to me saying, I've been thinking about that conversation. And these are some of the things that kind of came up for me. Have you explored some of these? I know you may have explored some of these, which is like diminishing the like, I'm not going to just assume you haven't tried these problems yourself, which is like Mm -hmm. empathetic and then offering some solutions. I find the success rate in that, in that environment is way better. Mm -hmm. It's, it it feels more thoughtful. It feels more respectful. Um, and they might come back with, this is amazing. Thank you so much. They might come back with, I've tried some of those things. And then now the conversation of solutions is a little bit more open and you can see how receptive they are to hearing more ideas or if they're just shutting it down, which means maybe they're still working through it. They don't want to hear any solutions, but at least now you're not hijacking the vulnerable time with solution time. You're separating the two, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And it's creating two different conversations, which both show high level of care. One of them is I care about how you feel in this moment. Let me just hold space and give you a hug. The second one is more in like the element of like, hey, I care. I want I want to see solutions. I mm-hmm. want to see this develop. I don't want you to feel this way anymore. Um, again, easier said than done. A hundred percent. There's a word there you said. You said hijacking. I love that word because that couples so well with what you had said like five sentences earlier where you said it's not about you. It's about them. All right, so by hijacking mm-hmm. the conversation, you're making it about yourself and not about the person in front of you. So I, I just want to like drop that into the pool again just to make it sure that it lands and creates a bit of a splash in the mind because I think it's such a helpful tool if you just focus on that more frequently about what am I making about me and not necessarily about the person in front of me, whether it's a partner or a friend or whoever, you know, it's going to work so much in your favor 
and um, I love the solutions that you you created there and that you've been putting into practice because it sounds to me like they've definitely bared some some beautiful fruit in many ways. It has, it has. I think that it's easier for me to do with situations that don't involve me as much. Mm-hmm. Friends that like, you know, bring, they're bringing up problems that they're not really attached to me. You yeah. know, there's not, like, I feel like I'm very, I'm a lot better at executing some of these things when I'm not a part of the process or I'm not a part of the problem or the solution. Right. So this is like, you know, friend coming for advice, and it, like, you know, a coworker coming to talk to me where I'm not, I'm holding space with their information and I'm, you know, providing solutions maybe for their, inf- like their, I'm way worse when it, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the situation. Mm. Like if it's, if it's, I'm in a couple and we're in a relationship and this person is speaking about things that are triggering me, then like I'm way worse. I'm way worse at executing any of this shit. Mm. Um, well so said. it's it's interesting because if you can if you can if I can't hold space for the people I hold the closest right who might have something to say about me or how I'm perceived or how I'm landing then am I really good at holding space cuz I think that that <laughs> is like the, the that's the harder part right holding space for a stranger is like yeah there's no emotional the, attachment I argue that that's pretty easy there's no emotional attachment right and so um Maybe that's a good practice, right? Work on holding space with people that are in situations that you're not really that emotional connected to, mm, right? Because yep. then all you're really doing is holding space for someone else's emotions and then you're being a mediator with this experience, right? Like you're not really that involved. You're just doing a good job of create the space, be a great soundboard. And then, you know, from the feedback of that experience, someone would be like, hey, man, I appreciate you like having that conversation with me. Like, I felt like this, that, and that. You're like, good. I'm, I'm one step better at making this environment. And then it's 10 times harder when you're like emotionally invested in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then that's like the more, more advanced. Like, how can you hold back? How can you take the skin out of the game, you know, and just be? Yeah. And to help support the, I guess, the continuum of what you were sharing there to add to the other side of it, the relational side of it. Uh, the thing that came to my mind on the back of all of the reasons why this is so hard is that I'm likely not going to give space for what my partner is presenting to me if I really don't ever give space to anything that's presented to me on on my own personal life. So if I present it with an emotion or a challenge or a struggle and I don't give any space for it, I just quick fix it and move on. Um, then again, I won't be able to do that for my partner. And so what it asks of me is that in order for me to give something to somebody else, I have to be giving it to myself. So that goes for love and care and appreciation and validation. It's a lot harder to give to someone else when I'm never giving it to myself because then I don't understand the weight. There's not a lot of compassion or empathy being expressed because I don't understand it. It doesn't there's no bodily feeling I attach to it because I don't experience it. I don't experience what holding space for myself, what that could feel like. Therefore it doesn't feel like a valid or worthy journey to help somebody else do it. Cause what does that even feel like? Who cares? Let's just fix it. And so the biggest turning point for me to extend off of the, the practices that you were saying is that um, I've had to do personally a lot of, 
a lot of work holding space for myself more. And I actually want you to share that story you said before this um, about the guy that you heard of. But um, I just kind of want to finish with the experience I had um, yesterday where I was coming out of a client call. I did breath work earlier and the breath work had like ignited like something in my body and it was very unexpected. And as I was trying to describe my call to my partner, normally I have a very, what feels like a noticeable frustration around certain parts, but also a level headedness. Like my body's not really reacting, but this experience, I felt a lot of like a lot of physical agitation um, that was trying to be expressed as anger, but I'm not going to necessarily express that at my partner. So I'm, expressing my story frustratingly and I'm, you know, swearing about the experience, not, you know, obviously at my partner or about my partner. And then when I got to the gym, that's where we were headed to. Um, I, I just, it was almost overwhelming how that much that anger was in my body. And so I went in there and I said, okay, I'm going to just, I'm just going to get my anger out. So I did like medicine ball slams. I destroyed myself on the assault bike and I hit the, um, the punching bag like just full on screw the form, screw what this looks like, just hitting this bag. And while not everyone agrees with that approach, what it did for me was it gave me the, the awareness that this is what holding space for my emotion looks like is just to allow myself to, to be there and just to do that, to hold space for it. And if it needs to be expressed in that way, it can. And then what that's helping me do is when my partner comes to me, and she's very angry and she's pissed and she has this like this big experience i can actually sit more calmly in the face of it i don't get pissed i don't get big i don't try to get rid of it or get make it smaller or suppress it or fix it i can just in many ways i actually say yeah hell yeah tell me more and then she gives me more and she lets it be expressed the same way that i did when i was doing those physical workouts She's sharing that out loud. So I now feel safer in my own body because I know the experience and I also know the importance. I know the va- the validity it holds in my body so then I can hold space for her emotion and not feel like I have to fix it because I understand that by her expressing it, it, that is the solution. The solution is her expressing it and that can be, then that's enough. So just wanted to almost tie a loop on the relational side of it. I really appreciate that experience that I went through and maybe that might help provide some solace for some people out there listening, saying, I don't understand how to hold space for myself. Um, and I also don't know how to hold space for other people. It's obviously going to be an internal journey. So that's, that's really what kind of comes to fruition for me out of this idea of holding space, but to make it more real and raw, like I did not understand that whatsoever until this until the last year or two it did not hold space i definitely always fixed i made a problem out of everything that was brought up i reacted in ways i didn't want to and i didn't provide safety 1.0 she can attest to this 1.0 of our relationship was a disaster was an absolute disaster because i didn't understand it i was just doing what i always do so i get the struggle and so this is still just more of the the next steps, the advanced part of it, but it's always going to come down, I think, to the understanding of, um, am I making this about me or am I in service of someone in front of me? And then it can be a different conversation that just, um, involves a little bit more validation 
right? Because that's what's missing out of most of the times we hold space is that we're not validating their experience. Like by fixing it, it's like, I don't believe you. Like do something about it. I don't hear you. Do something about it. I don't see you. Do something about it. Um, but again, because we don't validate our own. So how am I supposed to validate yours if I don't validate my own? And when did, so- I'm going on a rant here, when did someone validate me? Look, look back at my past. Who has said, ah, oh, yeah, I hear you. It's okay. That, it's okay that you're pissed. Who said that to me? No one. They're like, oh, you're pissed? Well, shit, well, let's get rid of that. Let's do something about that. Not just, I hear you. It's okay that you're angry. No one says that to me. So why would I say it to anybody else? Right? And it's not an excuse. It's just like, this is, again, the point of this conversation is that it's not just so simple. It's not a flick of a switch. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's, let's take them to anger management classes versus hey i see you see you i see you kid i know why you're mad that's valid that you're angry you know if it's a completely different conversation right being seen for your anger and it being almost demonized it being like oh that's a problem buddy let's manage that i wonder if that just compounds the the problem itself you know making even more personal experience just clicked for me it does i think it does I think I want to, you made a, you made a good point there. And I want to kind of, if the audience didn't get that, I want to, and I will go on clarity. I'm going to, I'm going to read that back to you just so that I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You started that long winded rant with the idea that in order for us to hold space successfully, we got to be able to hold it for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We got to be able to do it on our own. We have to be able to understand what the experience is in order to do it successfully outside of ourselves. Or at least you be brought learning. it to, yeah or at least be learning. You brought it to an example where you felt like you had a lot of frustration and anger that you wanted to get out. Um, and you didn't get it out on the call. You did it like, you know, you managed the call correctly. You still had a lot of it in you. It still was like festering in you. You went to the gym and the gym allowed you to kind of get out that, that emotion, get out that experience from feeling that feeling the release of that feeling how like, you know, let's in that, in that example, the gym allowed you to get that emotion out, right? It allowed you to express, it allowed you to like deal with that feeling. Um, and then later on, if your partner is, let's say in that same space, because you understand the experience of being able to have a feeling, get it out, understand, Oh, when I was able to express it in a way that like you, you described it as poor form and just get it out, just let it happen, how it happens. And then you feel the relief of all of that. You go, wow, I feel significantly better now that I've done that. You're then able to sit in a conversation and see someone who's so angry or frustrated or getting it out. And then weirdly enough, perceive yourself to be the punching bag and go hit me again. Yeah. Like let that out. Like don't hold it. Like, yeah, throw another punch. Tell me more. Like you're almost then taking the spot of the punching bag because you're like, I know what it feels like to get this out. I'm not going to let you hold it in. I just felt like what it feels like to get out. And I know what that feels like to release. So then your ability to see someone who's angry and frustrated and want to get it out, when you're in that conversation, you don't add to it. You're kind of like, okay, get it out. Get it out on me because I know what it feels like. I've, I've held that space for myself. I know what it feels like to get anger out. You clearly look angry. Let me hold that space for you. Get it out. Mm. Get it out. Tell me more about it. Tell me more about it. You're almost like sitting in that experience of like, I know what it feels like. Therefore, like I know what it feels like to hold space for me. 
know what it feels like to hold space for you. I know what it feels like to get out anger. So now I'm going to do that for you. Mm. Is that the correlation you're making there? Or Yeah, I like that you repeated it back because I didn't hear that interpretation. There we go, right? Intention impact. There it is. I clear up two parts. Um, everything was bang on, except when I got to the gym, normally the experience would be that I shouldn't be angry. Why am I angry? This is not something I should be feeling. Anger is a bad feeling. So what am I going to do to get rid of it? Like I want to stop feeling this way, right? And that doesn't always equate when I go to the gym in the past to really just intentionally expressing it by like taking the medicine ball and like doing like ball slams, right? It wouldn't necessarily equate to that. It would just be, I need to move my body to move this energy. So it wasn't an intentional practice. This one was, So I literally said, as I slam this ball, I'm releasing my anger. But in order for me to get to that point, I had to be okay with myself and with anger to be able to give it space in the first place. So what I mean was, is in that, that workout itself, I was alone. There wasn't people around. I gave myself permission to feel the anger. I held space for my own anger, right? I contained it. I know once I'm done this workout, right? I'm putting up a psychological boundary. I'm done with the anger. But for this period of time, I'm giving myself permission to feel the anger. I'm going to let it out. So I did. That's the holding space part. And then in other circumstances, the second clear up I want to make is that I don't agree that I would ever be my partner's punching bag because that would imply that things are coming at me. That would imply like I'm getting punched. But my partner can express anger about something without it attacking me. So I think what I want to distinct there is that I don't believe anyone should ever be somebody's punching bag. But what I do believe is there's a difference between being someone's punching bag and letting someone be angry about something. Right? So if you come into this conversation and you're like talking about something that happened earlier in the day that pissed you right off, that's the moments where I'm like, yeah, tell me more. Fuck yeah, tell me, give me more. Share that, get that out. They were probably fucking stupid, weren't they? Hell yeah. That's what I mean by I'm going to ramp you up and amplify it so you feel it fully. But if you come in and say, yo, why are you being such a piece of shit? I'm not going to take that. That's not warranted, yeah, right. right? So yeah, just yeah, that yeah. small distinction, which I think is really what you meant. Um, but I can hear the nuance of being someone's punching bag um, is not the case. But you are essentially metaphorically allowing someone to get the anger out um, by mm-hmm. almost exemplifying that idea of hitting the bag uh, and letting that out in a safe way, you're that safe way by saying, yeah, get angry. Um, let that shit out, be frustrated, um, move through that. I'll hold that for you. I'll hold the space for you to do so safely. Um, and then that way you feel that same kind of <sighs> at the end of it, like you feel like, oh, okay, I move through that. Cause it goes back to the, um, emotion is energy in motion, right? So that's why holding space is so important for it, for ourselves. Um, yeah, those are the two things that, um, I wanted to tie up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think maybe for other people and yourself, a punching bag has a negative connotation. Um, like being somebody's punching bag, it's, it sounds at least like it sounds negative. Um, and for me, I, it's more of a let's let's change the punching bag to a trainer who's telling you to throw the combinations. Right. Right. I'm trying to help you get better, but I'm still a, you're still punching me. You know what I mean? I'm telling you right hook, left hook, right. Tell me more. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, tell me more. Boom, 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 boom. Like I'm training you to get it out. I'm letting you get it off and I'm helping mm. you in that experience. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's how I'm perceiving the punching bag is like by me asking you, tell me more. That sounds like throw another punch. You're angry. Mm-hmm. Throw another one. Throw more. Throw more to the point where you're depleted. Right. It's like I'm not suppressing you in mm-hmm. like if you show up and you say the first thing that's angry. Like I love the concept of tell me more. That just mm-hmm. that to me just sounds like inviting in like that sounds like someone who's very like emotionally woke, right? Tell mm-hmm. me more. Someone's angry and you're saying tell me more. That that just feels super inviting to just like get it out of your system, you know what I mean? Versus, hey, you look really angry right now, like calm down. That seems like the opposite of what mm-hmm. we're looking for, right? Or hey, the classic calm why down. are you so angry? Literally, right? Versus tell me more is like, you know, throw, throw another right hook. Yeah. Like, whoa, that was, a, that was a strong punch. Do it again, right? Because what that implies is that these punches are going to get weaker and weaker, right? Like if you throw a hard punch, then you follow it up with another. There's only so much energy you can give, right, Till you're like, I need a break. And then when that yeah. person, and in that experience, they're probably going to calm down, right? By telling them, tell me more, they're going to get to a boiling point of getting it so far out that they're going to be like, Whew. like, Mm-hmm. okay and you're actually going to calm them down like naturally right because mm-hmm. if if you've ever thrown punches there's only so many you can throw until you're like okay i need a break <laughs> i'm tired right like yeah. you're not going to really win that battle it's almost a better way of saying calm down is tell me more and there's something to be said about being witnessed in your emotion right like someone witnessing you do so and just just holding that space like the humanness of that is wild and that's, I think, what's missing in the holding space dynamic. But I don't want to get too far in solutions because um, we're going to continue the conversation in another episode. But when I was doing that experience, um, part of my accountability for this men's group is to, um, it's not necessarily accountability, but uh, I felt called to share my expression of anger with the other men in the group. So what I was I did a few hits. I, I really got it out. And then I said, okay, like I'll, you know, record myself doing it for a little bit. And the moment I recorded it, like something different changed in the way I felt in the sense of not like express it less. It was like, holy shit, someone's watching me. This feels way, way different. Like it feels way different. And there was also an emotional, res- um, not resistance, an emotional, uh, like almost like tears were like here, like, whoa, someone's watching me do this. Like that's such a, an overwhelming feeling. And at the same time, it was almost like I I could just get it out. Very similar to that video we shared on social about the guy like yelling and really letting his anger out. Like he's being witnessed in that experience and it just, it almost heightens it and makes it more impactful. Um, So I think that that plays into holding space as well. But to, I think we we can probably close the conversation. I think we've done a great job at deciphering some of the challenges as to why this concept is so difficult for us. And as men, what's getting in the way, how we can maybe start to take the steps in our own awareness of what this means to us. And really that was our goal. We didn't want to dissect it from this like technical, like perfectly laid out experience because we both struggle with this. And I think, we probably will for the long haul because we're fighting our entire lives of solutioning and now we're being asked to stop and do the opposite. So uh, I think that it's again, just the journey of making change. And uh, my hope at least is that this provided you with a little bit more of an understanding of like, you're not alone, that we are all trying to figure this out, that you don't have to flip the switch. Like we can give ourselves some grace to be able to move through these challenges and that uh, we're in this with you. We're in this together. So um, 
we hear you and we see you and we stand beside you in this arena of misunderstood masculinity and, and misunderstood experiences that we're going through. You know, I, I would argue that a lot of the things that we're asking um, people or people are asking us to do socially, just be vulnerable, just hold space. Um, it kind of feels like maybe uh, that should be happening on the other side too. You know, if you want us to just hold space, can you just also maybe hold space for the fact that this is hard for us, that this is a challenge. Um, and invite us in in a different way. Um, the question that comes to me is like, uh, that could be asked is how can I help you help me? So if you want us to hold space, like ask us, like, how can I help you do that? What does that look like? Uh, and then that way we can slowly work it out together. So those are my final thoughts. Do you have anything else before we close out? No, I love those final thoughts. I think that, uh, in the same vein, I feel like, we want to continue to support this conversation, right? And provide more resources or more, more tangible things to see yourself more in these conversations and to develop and to grow and to advance your ability to hold space and be more vulnerable and to take on difficult conversations um, and be comfortable with being in that environment. I think that if we can somehow master these skills you know vulnerability holding space whether it's a work setting whether it's your relationships whether it's your friends i think that it will contribute to uh, a positive impact um for the rest of the world so we'll continue to do our part in being able to move this conversation forward and not be so one size fits all about it actually break it down actually provide you know potential workshops and you know real life conversations with real people and bring in people that you know do this well um, this could be a part of conflict resolution styles. It's, it's not something you just know how to do. It's something mm-hmm. that you have to really work at, right? So um, we'll continue to, to support this conversation in a way that's more tangible. Um, and so, so yeah. Beautiful. So thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you are currently experiencing this or having difficulties around holding space, we hear you. And we are here to support you in any way that we can. So please feel free to reach out, email us, DM us, whatever uh, it is that you want to contact. If you know us personally, let us know. We got you. We're in this together, brother. And don't forget to subscribe, download this episode. We passed 10K recently. So we just want to say a huge shout out. Thank you so much for your support so far. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube as well. We have our guest episodes up there. And we will see you in the next episode. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.